0: Welcome. You're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work. But more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hi everyone, it's Sabina. I just want to do a really quick intro before we jump into today's podcast. I know it's a little crazy out there. I keep hearing from people that no one really knows which end is up. Are we having a recession? It seems like there are jobs. It seems like One day you read the news, like today there have been more layoffs at Twitter. It's kind of our litmus test. But that also there's been growth in the economy, what's going on. The only thing I can say to you is try not to get caught up in the news. Focus on yourself. Focus on what you want, the kind of job you're looking for, and it will happen. People get hired in the best economies and the worst economies. People lose their jobs in the best economies and the worst. Focus on you. Recently, I've had a few people I work with have some great successes. In the past month alone, I've had three people find jobs at three different employee levels, everything from the executive suite to a front line. I have two other people who've been unemployed for over six months who are suddenly starting to see a lot of traction in their job search and that's my advice to you focus on what you want the rest will happen we're going to make sure that you have the resume the linkedin page the vision the mission that you want to need keep taking care of yourself you will get that job so today very excited for the podcast in light of all of this that's happening I reached out to a very popular guest from last year, Emily, the recruiter, and stay tuned as she and I talk about the current landscape and more about what you can do to get that job you so richly deserve. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining Agile Unemployment. This is our first new podcast of 2023, and I thought it would be great to bring back one of our favorite guests from last year. I probably had one of the biggest responses to any podcast when we talked to Emily the Recruiter. Emily, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. I'm so glad. And as I was saying, I wasn't surprised, but I was very pleased that the session you and I had last year, tremendous response. And I think it's because obviously. There are a lot of things going on in the news today, and people are worried, but a lot of people overwhelmingly told me that it was just so great to hear from someone who knows the hiring process, is in it day to day, and that it was just very reassuring. So I really want to thank you for that, and listeners, thank you.
1: Oh, great. I'm just glad to be helpful, really.
0: And you were. It was, I think you and I discussed that we're not sure that we created anything new or broke any ground or anything like that, but getting things out there for people, you you don't know who to ask and having you as a go-to, a resource for the podcast, can't thank you enough. So happy you're back. Me too. What I'd like to do today, let's break today down into Two parts and more if we have more to talk about, which I think we might, but I'd like to revisit some of the things we talked about last time and see if anything has changed greatly from that recruiter perspective. And then if you'd be willing, I did get quite a few questions that people either asked me to answer or pass back to you, which is why I asked you to come back. And if we could go through some of them, I would really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Last time when we spoke, there were these whispers that recession is coming. And since then, we've seen a lot of things in the news. We've seen the Google layoffs, the Microsoft layoffs. For me and my work, there was this sudden interest in me with the announcement of the meta layoffs at the end of 2022. Have you noticed any changes in the employment landscape from your perspective or people you might know who are recruiters, things you're looking at online?
1: I'm definitely seeing those headlines, which can be a little bit alarming where you see these massive layoffs to companies that we think of as extremely successful and lucrative. But I'm also seeing other reassuring things in the news about the unemployment rate and the health of the market as it is now. I've just seen a lot of mixed things. I will say though, my company is being a bit more careful about hiring in high volume. That's a whole other sign to me as well. We're not going to overhire like we did last year and we're being more conservative. I do a specific type of recruiting and I've seen some declines actually for our internship this summer, which is interesting. You know what that means that we just have a little bit Higher rate of decline, but that but says that other people have options, which is a good sign for job seekers, of course.
0: When you say decline, what does that look like? Is it just the number of resumes you're receiving, or is it the number of people you're bringing into interview?
1: Um, what I mean is that we're extending an offer, and they're saying no, thank you.
0: They're going oh. with a different yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I so know, yeah, a lot of conflicting signals.
0: That is really surprising to me. How bad can things be if people feel comfortable right. turning down a job? Yeah. Everybody out there listening who wants a job is like, Hey, let me give you my number. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I appreciate that. That brings me to the next question that I had. And last time we talked about the fact that it's in real estate, they call it the buyer's market or the seller's market. So last time when we spoke, we talked about that it was the employees market. Mm -hmm. I had somebody recently who was let go and I thought they were very circumspect about it. They said point blank. They're like, I'm not that worried. I'm the asset here, which I thought was a great mindset to have. Yeah. But you had mentioned seeing that and you still seeing that. And do you think that will, that trend will continue?
1: Yeah, I'm not seeing a radical shift yet, but at the same time, I think that the, there's a a little shift maybe more towards equilibrium right now. I'm just seeing we're getting a little closer to equilibrium as opposed to, you know, the employer holds all the cards. We're not there at the, and I don't know if or, or when we'll we'll get there, just depends probably on those market factors, but just a very tiny gradual shift away from absolute negotiating power. But I still think that job seekers have some reason to be optimistic, especially when I see some news saying that the job openings exceed
0: job seekers. So, you know, Mm. that's reassuring. That is. It should be a balance, shouldn't it be, between you know want and need and an employer and employee I think that's when everybody gets the fair shake in the deal so okay. maybe we're working slowly but surely to that yeah one thing i liked about our last conversation we were talking about how we look for work and how things have changed and given I know I keep talking about last time we talked like you and I haven't seen each other in forever, but in real world situations, it does seem like a long time ago because so much has happened. Should job seekers change the way they're looking for work or how will they handle the interview process itself?
1: Yeah, I think it just depends on what you're already doing and, and are you seeing success with that if you're not getting many callbacks? Then I think in any case, you might want to tweak some things to increase that. You don't want to try the same thing over and over again if, if the results aren't good. I would, to increase competitiveness, you can always increase your skills or maybe take a look at your resume and see if that needs to be polished. Obviously, your book has a lot of information on on how to be competitive in this process. You need to adapt, absolutely do that. But I think the process is still pretty similar. You're going to have to go to the website and fill out the application and make sure your resume looks as good as it can be. And then of course, your interviewing skills. I think a lot of organizations put the most emphasis on the interview to make a hiring
0: decision. I thought that was one of the best pieces of advice last time. Very few people feel comfortable practicing and those who do always come back and say, all right, I I thought it was silly, but I felt so confident when I was walking in.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: uh, again, like we're not making stuff up here, folks. This is actually things that we've picked up in this field. When I apply for a job, having a great resume, no typos. I remember that note from last time going on the website, the phone screen, usually the same thing. Those all seem to be things where everyone's on equal footing. Is there anything to reinforce or maybe suggest differently when I actually get in to see somebody, be it a Zoom call or in person or go to the next tier of getting that callback interview? Is there anything that I should keep in mind with the job market right now or the economy or Any other advice that you have to give? I
1: think just being as prepared as possible and aiming to wow in the phone screen in those first rounds, you know, anticipating those common interview questions helps a lot. That really just comes back to the practice. And of course, networking is helpful to get a foot in the door, people you know, can sometimes give you that that boost in the form of a referral or or just knowing about an open position that might not be publicly posted. I would just emphasize those good best practices of being prepared for your interview and being ready to talk about your past experience articulately and
0: reaching out to your network. I agree. Network hands down the best tool and one of the least utilized mm-hmm. in the job search. I see it every every week, if not every day with people I work with and people are shocked. But I think that's
1: everything's publicly posted. Thank you. That's the thing. There's hidden, there's hidden jobs out there and you have to talk to people.
0: Absolutely. And I just spoke with somebody who they know their job is going away. They reached out to their network and they were a little hesitant, but they did it. They got an interview right away. And they were told in the interview, well, we're kind of in the tail end of the process. And mm-hmm. they asked, well, how should I feel about that? And I'm like, they're in the tail end of the process and they're still willing to talk to you. That's a definite green flag. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. That means you are worth our time. And they're like, oh, I didn't know I should take it that way. I'm like, yeah, that, that was great. So I, I yeah. totally agree with that. That network works, really does. Mm-hmm. So here's a question that comes across a lot right now. Shouldn't surprise you. A lot of people are wondering. They're either unhappy, they want something new, or they think, oh, I I waited too long, but should I stay put given what's going on in the world or should I still look to a new job? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think (laughs) that if if you're considering leaving, it never hurts to look and maybe start passively, but also I think that it it depends on your relationship with risk. Taking a Mm. new job when there might be some uncertainty in the future of the economy, nothing's guaranteed. You just have to be willing to assume that risk. If there is a big downturn that we've seen in the past, like on the level of 2008 or something like that, then the new person would likely be in the first round of cuts. So you just have to be willing to accept
0: that. And it, it
1: really depends on the person and the industry, actually, to yeah. be frank. You know, that's a huge factor. It, maybe you're in a really safe industry. Maybe you're applying to be a nurse or something like that. So in that case, you it's up to you to evaluate all those factors, including your relationship with risk and the health of the industry. And also what's going on at your current position that makes you want to leave. If it's bad enough to to really want to go,
0: then maybe that makes it worth it for you. I think we're at a very interesting place with our culture right now, and it's constantly changing. I do feel that if you're very, very unhappy and to a point where even maybe where you work, it's, I don't know, borderline abusive or discriminatory mm-hmm. or something like that. No amount of money is worth enduring that every day. We spend more time at work than anywhere else. But I agree with you. It's the, there are very few reasons to just walk out and leave right away. Mm-hmm. Your safety, absolutely, something like that. I like this idea of being strategic and seeing mm-hmm. what else is out there, knowing what you're getting into and what your options are. Sometimes, you feel better at work just knowing I'm I'm not stuck here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yep, that can change your perspective.
0: One of the points of our last conversation that got a lot of reaction, and it always does and it never ceases to amaze me, you and I talked about the, the contention of the thank you note. Oh, yeah. And how that you and I were both pro yeah. and we both took this stance of, it's not going to hurt you. And in some cases, it probably won't get you the job. But people notice little things like that. And a lot of people were like, thank God someone was talking about this finally, because I never know what to do, which oh, really? I thought was <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, okay. But, But you mentioned in that conversation, there are all these little tiny things that we don't think about that impact how others perceive us. Mm -hmm. Given that we might be shifting away from the employee, the job seekers market, are there any of these other little nuances that you maybe either could remind us of or mention that we need to be really conscious of, especially if it's going to be a smaller job pool out there? In addition to the thank
1: you note only helping you, it can't hurt, like you said, something that... That stands out to me while interviewing that is an advantage to the candidate is when they mention that they've looked at our website and Mm -hmm. they might refer to a project on our website. That's usually most common, but I think most companies have a website where they have news or events or topical things. And I just would recommend going to the website and trying to pick something from the site that you can refer to in the interview because what that does is it shows me that you've invested time in this interview and the company and you're paying attention to what's going on. And I think it also has an advantage where it could help boost your answer to why you want to work there or something like that. You can weave it into to an answer. And just make yourself look really well-prepared and like you've
0: put thought into it. I love that. I've been a hiring manager. I wanted to know that you didn't just want the job. You wanted to work here. And something like that, it would definitely be a differentiator to me if I was interviewing a couple of people. And I think that's normal. Uh, We just live in this day and age where it's so easy to hit send and I'm seeing the numbers on LinkedIn again, and recruiters' inboxes must be inundated. (laughs) And that's something that lets me know you didn't just hit send. You really want to be here.
1: It's always good to to take a look, for sure.
0: I want to shift gears real quick, since we're talking about the interview process. Can we go over a couple of predictable interview questions and maybe talk out not the actual response itself, but how to position your response or things to take into account as you formulate right before you practice interview with somebody. Yeah, yeah. can we do that? Okay, Absolutely. Great. Yes. Great. I love this. I feel like we're on a game show or something. Geekiest game show ever. Okay, so <laughs> one of my and and a lot of these questions, I, I'm going to tell you, I have very mixed feelings about, like as the candidate, sometimes I feel like I'm being set up. But one of them that I always hear is, you know, tell me about a time where you made a mistake at work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, are you trying to find out if I'm good at my job or or what? Before you respond as how someone should respond, is there a logic behind that question?
1: Absolutely. Yes. We are not trying to trick you, but I definitely see the struggle in people's eyes when they get asked that and they haven't really thought of a good example. But before we get into that, you know, the logic behind it is, again, we're looking in the interview for the soft skills that can't really be communicated on a resume. And so specifically, this would reflect self-awareness and introspection, and also what your problem solving is going forward from the mistake. That's an important part of your answer is what do you do from there? What did you learn? I think the mistake captures, and also humility too, yeah, humility and Mm -hmm. self-awareness, because we really need to have that in the office culture, aside from technical skills
0: that that makes a certain amount of sense. I appreciate that response from you because I know when I was early in my career and I would be asked that question, I'd be going in my head thinking, okay, what was the least damaging mistake I ever made at work? Because everyone makes mistakes.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I wasn't focusing on the accountability factor, the what did I learn from it? How did I move forward? How did I recover? How did I make it better? kind of thing? I was so focused on, again, feeling like I was trying to be trapped. So what would be a good answer for that?
1: Yeah, I think you're so right. I love it. You're trying to think of like the least damaging mistake <laughs> you've made and how to frame that. There's a pretty good formula for for the right answer to that, which is describe the situation. Describe what you did and the outcome, including what you learned and how to fix it going forward or prevent it from happening again. So, and that's going to require some communication skills, you know, give me enough detail about the situation and maybe you can tell me about your mindset of like, I did it this way because of X, Y, or Z, but clearly that was the wrong direction. And what I learned was... Be more detail oriented, maybe set up an auditing process for your own work to catch that mistake. If that were the type of mistake in the example, definitely include your mindset going in and then what happened and then what you took out of it.
0: Thank you. I think that's really helpful. And again, that goes back to the thinking these things out and practicing. Mm -hmm. No one really cares what the mistake was. In fact, it's probably pretty irrelevant to the process. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. I did once interview someone who could not think of a mistake, and I can tell you right now it was a red flag.
1: Yes, I've uh, experienced the same thing, and it is a red flag.
0: Here's another one that comes across a lot that it would be good, I think, to have some input on how to really respond. This one, everyone hates it, of why did you – Leave your last job, or why do you want to leave your current job? That's that's another one that feels like again I'm being trapped.
1: When I think of maybe the best answer for that is, I mean, depending on the circumstances, right? Like only you know why you left. Was it was it because you mastered the job and you just want to move forward? I mean, that's a pretty easy one though because it was all positive terms. I think it, it gets dip, more difficult if if you left with tension or in bad terms, or there was something like toxic about the other job. And in in that case, I think of just public relations strategies really. I think of, don't be deceptive. I would never for being deceptive, but put a positive spin, make it a positive narrative the best you can. If the workplace was toxic and you just needed to get out of there, I would frame it as something like, you know, they just weren't teamwork oriented and I value teamwork and our values didn't align. And I'm looking for an office culture, a healthy teamwork atmosphere or something like that. So frame it as positively as you can, even if you have little to work with that was actually positive. Be prepared for follow-up questions too. The recruiter might probe a little deeper, but... I think as, as long as you've done your homework, be ready to answer those those questions and, and frame it the best you can.
0: I like that marriage of the honesty but positivity, mm-hmm. because I would be looking as a hiring manager, I would be looking at if all you do is come in and complain about your prior or current employer, even if it was a very bad situation. I would worry what you're bringing into my team, into mm-hmm. my workplace. And there is something to be said for a professionalism of being honest about a situation without disparaging somebody else. So I really like that. Don't lie or sugarcoat it, but also you don't have to be vicious. Here's another favorite in the interview world you know, the tell me your greatest strength or weakness.
1: I actually don't commonly ask this one, but (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I think maybe we've eliminated that one from, but but it's an interesting question. And obviously, the strength part should be a slam dunk that's low hanging fruit. Think about your strength and, and talk about it. And ideally, that strength relates really closely to these job responsibilities. I mean, as far as the weakness goes, it's comparable to the mistake because you do have to show some. Awareness. One thing I I do wanna like mention is sometimes when I ask about a weakness or a mistake, just that same category of questions, people will respond like, Oh, I make so many mistakes. It jokingly, this is a very social. (laughs) I recognize this answer as like a very social thing. Like if you're around friends. Well, if you're on friends, you're you're gonna be like kind of self-deprecating, like yeah. haha, like oh, I make mistakes all the time, you know. And I I do recognize that as something that's good in the social situation, but mm-hmm. in a job interview situation, I wanna just tell you to be careful about laughing too much about yourself, like making a lot of mistakes. Got it. You know, it's just yeah. I would just shift gears. Don't don't think of me as like a friend that you're t- you know being humble with. Just be Um, careful about how casually you refer to, like how often you make mistakes. So that, I guess, coming back to the weakness is you want to talk about something. It should be true, mm -hmm. but also include how you're overcoming the weakness. What Mm -hmm. steps are you taking since you already acknowledge it? What steps are you taking to overcome the weakness or become stronger? Maybe as an example, if you feel like your weakness is, oh, I'm very shy. How are you? What steps are you taking? Are you um, really conscientiously building relationships at work to, to help and that? Are you becoming involved in employee resource groups to meet more people through, it's basically like exposure therapy, I guess, for shyness. Just put yourself out there. That's kind of a soft skill example of that, but include what you're doing
0: to get better. I like all of that. And let's just do one more. I never know how to answer this, but should we hire you? What sets you apart from other candidates? And I always sit Mm -hmm. there thinking, well, I don't know, tell me about them and I'll tell you why I'm different. And that of course is not an acceptable response. So how do I handle that question?
1: I agree with you that it is a it's a big question or it requires a big answer. But I think this is the opportunity to talk about to merge both the technical skills that are on your resume and the soft skills you're demonstrating the interview. So merge them together and be ready to have that narrative about how they all just come together as as to make the most competent possible candidate who's also going to be a good colleague to the team. So just kind of cover it all in a neat little story about why you.
0: I like the idea of making that the conclusion of your narrative rather than your defense for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to go into it.
1: Oh, and just one more thing to add. I would also put a little bit of emphasis on what you can do for the company as opposed to what the company can do for you in your career. Mm -hmm. Not to like skip it all together. Of course, there's things that the company can do for your career, but also maybe just emphasize a little more on what you're
0: contributing to the company. I like that. I like that a lot. Nice kind of tie it all in. Let's go to the third part of our conversation here, very pleased because no other podcast has generated this amount of questions. So I do have some questions that people have asked. I thought it would be great since you're here to see what your responses might be. So I have can in Santa Cruz We're at a real like we're at a real podcast level here after I fill out a job application online, why am I asked things like my ethnicity and veteran status and What does that information, where does that information go and how is it used?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. So those questions are asked because it's actually a legal requirement for some companies, just based on the metrics there, that those companies have to report that demographic data to the EEOC and the Department of Labor. So that's why you're asked. And, but you're also protected. There's no factors that would be revealed. Oh, okay. so it is confidential, but it, it just has to be reported to the government.
0: And I'm sure a lot of people question, is it really confidential? But I imagine not keeping it confidential. I know the way the EEOC works and the repercussions are probably quite disastrous for an organization if they keep that.
1: I would say it, it should be confidential in practice, because it's really just high level numbers. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, your name is not going to be tied to it. It's really just proportions of demographic data that's getting put on a form and sent to the government. So I wouldn't be too worried about confidential, although I'm sure maybe things do happen. But as far as I can tell, or in my experience,
0: it's okay. And people do have the option to opt out or decline to answer. Absolutely. If you're really concerned, but rest assured, it does not stay in the organization where you're applying. Your responses mm-hmm. don't impact it one way or another. Here's one that kind of in the same vein. Should I be open about having a disability or will it go against me in the interview process? And when in the process, should I bring it up? And I don't have any detail of that, but that question comes from someone in D.C. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess, first off, it's a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act to, to hold it against you. So that would be discrimination. That's a protected characteristic. And there are steps you can take if you feel like you have been dis- discriminated against. And to answer the question of when in the process, um, I think because it's protected, early is fine. I, I think I would say I have a ADA-protected disability and I'll need x y and z accommodations and leave it at that you you are protected.
0: Thank you. I think that's reassuring for people and I also think workplaces are probably a lot more open minded mm-hmm. than ever and you know my own I'll add my own HR experience wherever I've worked there's usually been someone who is an expert in the Americans with Disabilities Act, I remember somebody at one workplace used to carry the big book everywhere, oh. uh, but that there is, every organization has a process and the law holds them to that of how they take a disability into account, how they accommodate you. Mm-hmm. There are a few things that go onto it, but I'm, it's reassuring to hear from you, Emily, you know, how it's really taken into account. We've come a long way, I think.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, just let them know what you need and I, I think you'll be okay from there.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like this one. I'm interviewing for a job that I really want. It looks good. When in the interview process should I mention that I'm getting married this June and and planning a two week honeymoon? I, I think people have similar questions to this all the time. Mm-hmm. I have especially now that we have revenge travel. I love that <laughs> I term, but you know, I'm I have things planned in life. When do I bring that up in the interview process?
1: Yeah, that is a good question. I would say, it's funny. I think in the first, one of the first conversation we had, I was thinking of it as like part of the negotiation process along with salary or your start date, things like that. But I've been reflecting on that. And I think, I think at the end of the second round, that would probably be a good time. And just as a point of reassurance, I've never seen anybody not get an offer because no. of something like this. Yeah. In my experience, we're not gonna give up on a great candidate who we wanna hire just because they have something on their calendar like this. But I think not too early because you wanna make sure that you've already like given the good impression of your skills Mm -hmm. and past experience. So I think at the end of the second round would probably be an appropriate time to, to bring that up.
0: I do like that. And I'm thinking of, I was hiring somebody once and we only had the one round. We did the phone screen, but then we had like the one round of interviews and it was a panel interview. And it was actually kind of adorable when this person said point blank, like we were talking about when we would need them to start, and they point blank said, I have tickets for something on, if you hire me and I start that date on what will be my third day, I have tickets for something. Is that okay? And we we were all like, yeah, that's, that's fine, but thanks for bringing it up. I appreciated that they brought it up in the actual panel interview and, and we did end up hiring them. And somebody came into the room and said, you know, we should really mess with her and tell her that no, she can't have all I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. Stress (laughs) interview. And when I mentioned it to my boss, my boss was like, well, it depends on what the tickets were for. And, you know, it might be something that maybe we could uh, do some wheeling and dealing if else wants those tickets. I'm like, no, we're not going to mess with someone. (laughs) We're not going to haze them. Yeah. I think we all appreciate all parties that we could have the conversation. And you're right. There was no way that was going to be a deal breaker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you find the great candidate, you're going to accommodate them to an extent. And I think that includes. But I'm glad you brought up the question of like start date. I mean, yeah, if you're asked about the start date, I would I would insert it there if it doesn't come up already. Yeah. think of that. Ideally, the employer does ask you, like, when Mm -hmm. are you available to start? And I think that's a relevant time to say
0: it. I've seen that all around. I've seen someone starts and maybe even has just a couple of days of work where it's orientation, paperwork, and then they've gone on a vacation or they've had a family event or something that they take some time off. And as a hiring manager, I have never had an issue with that as long as I know. Mm -hmm. I'm not good with it. Yeah. People have lives.
1: I see it too in my workplace. And back when I started at my position, yeah, I had this vacation planned and
0: and they worked around me. I think it goes to that two-way street as a candidate. It would tell me a lot about you as an employer if I mentioned that, oh, I have this trip planned and I know I'll only have been working for a little bit of time. Is that going to be an issue? And if you say yes, then I'm like, I don't know if I really want to work here. Yeah. And I know different work, like a shift, shift work where someone is really needed for something. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a slightly different answer, but I think it all yeah. goes the same. You want people to be. It's it's no longer a badge of honor that you haven't taken vacation days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is self-care is now an expectation in the workplace. and. Yeah. Time off is a part of that, family time, etc. So Definitely. it's nice to know it's not the hot topic it used to be.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, so this one comes up a lot. Uh, I just accepted a new role. And when I gave notice at my current job, they asked me to stay for an additional week. And I don't mind staying at the current job because I want to finish a project. But I already promised the new job I would start in two weeks. What do I do? This happens a lot more than you think.
1: I would recommend just basically saying what you said there in the question to the new job. Let them know that you've been requested to stay another week and see if they have the flexibility to delay your start date. I think that's okay to ask. It's, you don't get what you don't ask for, so it's okay to ask. And if if they say yes, I think they should show some flexibility there and allow you that week. But if they're unable to do that, then you have your answer, Accept the answer of like, sorry, we like really do need you in the two weeks and we can't budge on that. Well, then your old job should also understand that too, because you've all, you've done the right thing. You've given two weeks. That's a professional courtesy and, and they've got that from you. So I don't, I don't see that burning any bridges in either place. I'd be shocked if that hurt you at any, anywhere.
0: And so you mentioned something, if I could go back to it and thank you for the response. I appreciate that. The two week period as a professional courtesy. I think there are, this might rival the thank you note as oh, far yeah. as controversy goes, but the two weeks notice thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, could we talk about that for a second? Sure. Because. It's like this to me, it's always been this kind of professional agreement you have with the workplace that I'm going to give you two weeks' notice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm talking to a recruiter who knows more than anybody else that filling someone's job in two weeks is not going to happen.
1: Oh, yeah, um,
0: even in the most perfect worlds, am I obligated to give two weeks? Am I legally bound? Like, what's the deal with the two weeks? I, I don't think you're legally bound. I
1: think the at-will agreement actually allows you to believe at any time, I guess. But I think it's a gesture, maybe. You're right. Mm-hmm. I, the recruiter you talk to, it's true. Like two weeks to fill a job is <laughs> just not realistic. But I don't know. It, in my From my perspective, my opinion here, I, it, I guess it's a gesture, Mm-hmm. And maybe the employer's like, that's okay. Like you can leave sooner. I don't know. Maybe there's circumstances where it's like not necessary, but yeah, maybe just offering the two weeks notice yeah. is
0: is a safe thing to do. Yeah. I know that I've worked in places where there's a policy oh. of two weeks, mm-hmm. which I always thought was interesting because it's like, if what are you going to do if someone doesn't give two weeks? You can't right. fire them. Yeah. They've given yeah. notice. I agree with you. I think it's a a mark of professionalism. Like I I'm I'm leaving. I'm giving two weeks, mm-hmm. and it's I think to offload any knowledge that you might have. It might be to right. share projects that you're working on to people who will be filling in for you until your replacement is hired. I think it's just a nice way of keeping everything civil and a show of the level of professionalism of all parties.
1: Yeah, absolutely agreed. Right. You have to share what your progress is on on the work and schedule your exit interview and, and things like that. And at least there's something predictable about the two weeks because you might kind of be blindsiding the employer by I'm leaving or like I've accepted another position and at least... There might be a hint of predictability, like okay, well, two weeks notice, you have two weeks to you know process this,
0: yeah I've appreciated the two weeks notice because it allows me to say my goodbyes to people, mm-hmm. clients, yeah. customers, yeah. coworkers, um being in the learning world, I always had a ton of students who were in the organization, and yeah. it was always a nice thing to do, and the people who stay in the organization because. They know that this is amicable. I don't know another way to put yeah, that. but
1: That's true, though. Yeah, yeah so. an abrupt departure is <sighs> is unsettling.
0: For everyone. This comes up a lot more than you think. So I was recently laid off at my old job, and no one there will be a reference for me because it's against company policy. Mm-hmm. They are understandably afraid for their own jobs. So, how do I handle it if I'm asked for references on a new job?
1: As a former reference checker, I definitely ran yeah. up against some some contacts who said very limited, if anything, they're like, "Oh, I can't give a reference," or they worked here from this date to that date, but I can't say anything more. And that's that really doesn't reflect poorly on the job seeker in that case. They can't control that. I would not hold that against them. But we have to be like solution oriented because we do need to get a reference. And I think what I would recommend then is just keep going back through your job history. Do you have a previous employer where you can list some references from that position? Um, because I don't think we're just going to give up on references right away just because your most recent job yeah. doesn't allow them. We're just going to keep going back in time on your resume and try and find some ideally former supervisors to speak to your work performance. I guess there's various situations that like, oh, maybe they don't have any more any more people to ask or something, but we have to find a solution and find somebody who can speak to to the work performance. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it's a mark against
0: the person, the job seeker. No. And, and I'm glad you said that because I think people think it is. And I've known people who felt between the rock and the hard place of, I don't know what to do because the company, I worked for one company that refused, like it was a fireable offense. If you gave a reference for somebody, it all had to go through one department. I know we've taken up some time, so we might have to do this again. So let's just do one more. And I'm, going to go with this one I found very interesting. And I think it comes up more than you would think for people. Should I be worried about my social media as I interview for jobs? I have an online journal <laughs> and a very small following, just friends. Do companies really look at that? And this person did not even give me their real name or city. So they really do want to be anonymous. But this, this comes up Now, there's always a new platform. What about the social media? Hmm.
1: Without knowing the content of the online journal, or I guess just to speak generally, if your social media is pretty benign, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't worry about it too much. Like from my experience as a recruiter, I'm not being a detective on your accounts. As long as you have some pretty benign things, I think that it's probably okay. Even if someone does look and check, Mm -hmm. uh, just depending on the content, it might be all right. But if you feel a little more cautious, if maybe there is more provocative things that you wouldn't want your employer to see, it might be worth pausing or taking down what you've posted. Don't make it visible. And then go through your job search process just in a more cautious way and be more private. Perhaps later on you could, you could get back on, but yeah, it really depends on the place. I've been at places where they absolutely stalk social media and then other places. I don't even
0: think we look or check. So it depends. It doesn't hurt to be cautious. I'm seeing workplaces starting to have a social media policy as well. And so I think that's your advice is spot on for getting the job and then deciding was this online journal important enough to you that you want to risk your employment? And I would hope not because you should only apply to jobs you want. Thank you. That was a lot in a short time period. As always, is there anything you wanted to add any other comments. I know we hit a lot of things, so we might have exhausted your expertise for the moment.
1: Not much else to
0: add. Just I'm always going to
1: emphasize, prepare for the interview, practice your answers, anticipate the questions, do your homework. And I think, I think that'll most likely lead to success.
0: I love that. I love that. All things that we can control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Emily, thank you for coming back, sharing your knowledge and wisdom. And we might have to do a third session, but really appreciate you coming today. So thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out-of-work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at S S U L A T at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast. I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.